Thursday, March 1st, having a conversation concerning today's headlines and real-life challenges. I'm Tom Lamprecht, along with Pastor Harry Reeder. Stay with us as we apply a biblical worldview with gospel solutions to put the issues of today in perspective. Harry, NPR recently ran a story, headline, only about 50% of adolescents with depression get diagnosed before reaching adulthood. The story goes on to say as many as two in three depressed teens don't get the care that could help them. Dr. Rachel Zuckerbrot, a board-certified child and adolescent psychiatrist and associate professor at Columbia University, along with the American Academy of Pediatricians, has issued updated guidelines that calls for universal screening for depression in teens. Tom, it's really interesting how this, quote, discipline and science of psychology carves out its space pretty profoundly. But I do believe they have their finger on an issue, and that issue is the rising evidence and the rising incidence of depression. From a Christian world in life, you would like to draw a distinction. I believe that this threefold view of humanity, that you are spiritual, physical, and psychological, that does not stand the scrutiny of Scripture. The Bible teaches that man is made up of two parts, male and female, are physical and spiritual. Now, they are entwined with each other. The physical affects the spiritual, and the spiritual affects the physical. So there are some physical causes of what we would call depression, loss of hope, loss of any joy, any happiness, a pessimistic view of life that eventually has led some people, obviously, to the taking of their life heartbreaking for all of us when we see that. And then when we see people in the throes of depression, I believe it's caused physically because we're fallen human beings, physical dynamics where the body is not functioning right. There are certain chemical things that are going on, synapsis misfires and all of that that's taking place can lead to depression and those should be treated medically very carefully now because there have been a number of cases of suicide when people are not properly cared for when they're medically treated for physical causes of depression. And then there, of course, is the spiritual dynamic. The psalmist speaks of this a number of times. My soul, why art thou disquieted? Why are you cast down? We find it in the very first incident of the Bible where God gives the diagnosis of depression. Cain, why is your face cast down? We find it in Nebuchadnezzar, whose arrogance had led him into the field to live with his face down like an animal. And there is a spiritual dynamic that can lead to depression. And then sometimes, obviously, there can be the two at work within each other. But what we want to ask ourselves a question at the moment, though, is why is there such a plethora? Why is there an almost an epidemic of this depression? Now you are putting children under a mandate to be screened by people of various levels of competencies in which parental rights can be set aside by the quote-unquote profession of psychology in its screening process. Now, having said that, is there an almost epidemic of depression among the rising generation? And I think the answer is yes. We need to ask ourselves, what are the causes of it? Tom, I think it's very clear as a pastor, I am running into ministry counseling issues of depression among young people much more than I ever had 20 years ago. I look back at my own childhood, 
I don't ever remember anything like this. I'm sure there was to some degree, but nothing like this. Why is it? Well, I think we need to take a look at the environment in which our children are being raised, the secularization of our culture, the message of a God-centered life which brings hope. The God of glory and grace is now diminished and set aside by the pressures of the culture and the cultural elite, the curtailing of the First Amendment both in terms of freedom of speech and the free practice of religion. So that whole element of the dynamic of hope that comes through a vibrant Christianity is lost. Secondly, within the church, we have lost our focus upon the gospel, which gives hope that we used to pour forth into the culture. And when you've got hope pouring forth from an institution like the Church of Jesus Christ and the people of God, That's going to make a difference, and we ought to be bringing that message. Somehow we have gotten sidetracked into other messages and causes other than the cause of getting up on the mountain and announcing good news. A third thing, I think, is social media, where kids, their whole life be determined by how many likes they have, then things that people can say through social media without being face-to-face with an individual. Do I believe that there are some physical reasons for depression that can be treated? Yes. But I think the vast majority is a spiritual depression that is coming from a society that has vacuumed out of its existence the message of hope in Jesus Christ. It does not want to hear the bad news that we're sinners. Therefore, it does not want to hear the good news that you can be saved from your sins. Now, the question is, is will the church of Jesus Christ tackle this or not? And I believe the Bible calls us to keep up our message and step up our game into the world with the message of hope for the sake of young people who need to hear the hope of the gospel. Dare I say one more thing, Tom, about that? If there is an epidemic of depression, and I actually believe there is, I don't think the answer is to create a cast of individuals that the government forces you to go to to get their approval and then to be given medication upon their decision or not. I do think parents ought to be educated. What do you look out for in terms of depression? But I think what really needs is a vibrant, healthy church of Jesus Christ that is on mission with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And boy, you're talking about a rich harvest field in a culture that's in despair because of its secularization. That is a rich harvest field for us to come and say, listen, there is no hope there and you see where it's headed. But over here, let me tell you where there's hope. And then for the church of Jesus Christ to redouble its efforts to bring the power of the gospel to bear upon relationships so that kids see their hope in true friendships and true fellowships that are permeated with the hope of Christ that they see their hope that they are ambassadors of Christ that are sent into the world for Christ, and they have a glorious mission and a glorious message to take. There is much reason for hope. You are someone that Jesus Christ has died for. You are someone that the Spirit of God dwells within. You are someone that has a task and a mission and a message that counts for all eternity, and what you do matters for all eternity. There is the hope of a vital relationship with God that gives you meaningful relationships and responsibilities in life. And then for us to disciple families in which, once again, children are raised not in the hopelessness of broken homes, not in the fear that the home is going to break up, not in the violence that is now invading homes and abusiveness, 
not in the despair of the sexual revolution that destroys bodies and hopes and lives and dreams, but in the hope of Jesus Christ. And we see that in stronger marriages. We see that in stronger families. We see that in stronger churches that get back to what they're supposed to be doing, which is evangelizing and discipling and worshiping and the community of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, in which you reach out to people by bringing to them the hope of the gospel and bringing them in to relationships that are meaningful so they get a taste of what it means to be loved in Christ and what it means to be loved by the power of the gospel of grace. I think that's the great hope. The hope is not in the creation of a new cast of professionals. Unlike what the secular culture says, you do have a soul. And unlike what the secular culture says, you do have hope, and that hope is blessed, the blessed hope, Christ the Lord of glory. Harry, on Friday's edition of Today in Perspective, the family of Billy Graham will lay their father, their grandfather, their great-grandfather to rest as the world watches. And yet I want to take you to a story out of NBC News that says Billy Graham has left a painful legacy for LGBTQ people. Let's take a look at this assault on Billy Graham and coinciding with that, an assault upon Christianity. Let's take a look tomorrow. We'll do that on Friday's edition of Today in Perspective. As we close out, let me challenge you to download the Briarwood app. With this app, you'll have access to this program as well as our five-minute daily devotional, Fresh Bread. Five minutes each day in the Scriptures with Harry, a great asset to your daily quiet time a great way to stay in the scriptures and to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. The app is yours free of charge. Go to your favorite app store, type in Briarwood PCA. We'll do stop by again tomorrow, Friday, as we continue our conversation and as we apply a biblical worldview to put the issues of today in perspective.